Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, warmer days remind us of fond summer memories. Now, you can make those moments year-round with a Michael Phelps swim spa by our friends at Master Spas, and that combines the leisure of a hot tub with the exercise benefits of a pool. Now, Master Spas technology is incredible with LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. Proudly made in America. Use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster, I stay asleep longer, and now you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity, and Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. All right, happy Friday, and we're glad you are with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to join us. Linda's still mad that I didn't take off yesterday, and today she's starting in on me already today. I'm not, I am not. I am healthy as a horse today. I am not coughing up half my lungs. I'm not as sick as yesterday. I got some sleep last night, some well-needed rest. And you would have had me off the air for the next two days, twiddling my thumbs and acting like Congress and being lazy and not showing up and taking recesses. So you kind of owe an apology to the audience. Go ahead. You're right. I'm I'm so, so sorry that you're feeling better. <laughs> you know, you seem too zen today. Are you not well today? What's Maybe you're sick today. You know, I, I, I do feel a little under the weather. I may need to go home. Go. I do, what? <laughs> Uh, what what's my rule? <laughs> I don't know what is your rule because it doesn't seem to apply anymore. Oh, Jason, no, no, no. My rule is don't come to the office sick. Oh, you remember? Wait, wait, now. wait. Hold on. Could you say it again? 
No, no, no. Now say it again because we're going to roll tape. Okay, because this is my staff that I love and oh, care about, oh, and I am the oh. leader of the staff. So, I know you so think, pot kettle? I know you think pot kettle? No, no, no. I think you think you think you're the boss because everybody knows if they get to you, they have this big sort of apron of protection that you offer them because if they do something wrong, they'll go running to you because you're going to be nice about it and you're going to take credit for the mistake and uh-huh. and you're going to cover for them. And then when I ask uh-huh. you who it is, you're not going to tell me who it is. And then when you don't tell me who it is, I get frustrated. And by the time I spend five minutes of my day trying to get out of you, who is it? And you don't tell me, I'm pissed off that you won't tell me more than whatever it is that they did wrong. What does this have to do with you ignoring doctor's orders on air and now saying that no, his Dr. orders Umber, are the same listen, rules you listen, apply? I love Dr. Umber, and, but I don't need Dr. Umber today. You know, Remember, five days after you take your z pack, it's still working in your body and your system. So where, where did you get your uh, MD from? I don't have an MD wise ass. I just, well, why are you picking on me today? I'm in. Because it's just so much fun. Oh, okay. Oh, so now, oh, it's fun. It's I, always we, fun. It's always fun. I, I mean, normally I don't get to do it on air. I mean, now everybody gets to hear it. So it's no, great. this is every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. You try and just push my buttons, annoy, aggravate, agitate, irritate, upset, hurt my feelings. Or like yesterday, just before TV, you give me a call and I'm like, what now? What See? is it now? And, and you're welcome. Because if you're calling you're me welcome. late at night, there's never a good thing, and it was a dumb question. And and, and, about and what happens? What happens when I irritate you? Nothing. Nothing happens? Nothing at all happens. Nothing? Nothing. Are you sure? Jason, what happens? What? Why are you trying? Don't don't drag me in, into your little. And you know what? You, need, you know listen, what your I know rules are. You, you I know them. you and Sunshine and Ethan. You all hide behind her apron because if you guys screw up, she says I did it. If, even if you screw up in the board, which by the way, in Jason's defense, he rarely, rarely ever does. Occasionally, Ethan, he's not quite up to Jason's par yet, but he's getting there. He's doing well, and it's a tough job. So. Um, but she'll even say, "Oh, I pushed that button," and she's nowhere near the button. To push the button. And she'll just sit there and lie about it right to my face. And all I'm asking is, well, what happened? You know, well, you ha- know what happens when I irritate you, right? No, it is there's a conspiracy. It's, a, have it's a conspiracy? You have, have you been unveiled and unmasked by my, Appar- my wielding conspiracy? Right now, there's a conspiracy to take me out. Clearly. So, you know, I might as well go for all the conspiracies. Someone gave you the flu and someone else is putting yeah, buttons on no, the board. Nobody gave and... me the flu. Um, but, no, it's, but there's a lot of people on the left that would love for me to be dead right now and off the air and not supporting the president. And every effort is afoot. You know, to whoever's in their underwear in their basement in New Mexico today, monitoring every word i'm saying hello from all of us on the team guys say hello to the monitor we only hope that they're wearing tommy john yeah that's true they're at least they'll the be show. in comfort what if it's a she i don't know i guess victoria's secret right i something i listen don't get me started what i don't know anything he? about underwear except for i like tommy john. i'm not going to get gender specific they can wear tommy john on either side it's exactly. fine yeah that's true actually that is a very good fair feminist point which brings us to one of our guests today is going to be Camille Paglia is back on the program, who I always find interesting. She's a, little, she's a Bernie Sanders supporter. And I'm, I'm dying to find out how she feels about, you know, Milo uh, and the near riot that broke out in Berkeley, the home of the free speech movement. And Ann Coulter's scheduled speech at Berkeley last night is canceled. And they're still out there complaining and whining. And, you know, what? what's so bad? What are they so afraid of that Ann Coulter is going to talk about immigration and enforcing current immigration laws in America? 
and maybe that actually engage in a free and open exchange of ideas and ideals and opinions, and maybe they actually might learn something, or they might challenge her, or they might have a vigorous debate, and the people that are there might benefit from hearing both sides of a particular issue. What's so bad, horrible, dangerous that they've got to shut that down? And that's what I keep saying. That's what liberal fascism is. You know, right around Nancy Pelosi's home and Dianne Feinstein's home. I thought they were real free speech liberals and champions of liberty. They're not. If they were, then they would be defending, you know, don't, they would tell, tell all these people financing these people in their underwear, monitoring talk radio and Fox News 24-7. They would tell them to stand down. And if you don't like it, tune it out. Just like I don't watch Bill Maher's show. Just like I don't watch certain programs. What's that other guy's name? Trevor Oliver. Oh, so bad. I I don't even know how these guys get shows. Although I do think I want to go to Britain and do a show. I think it might be fun to do a show there because apparently... If we go, can we please do it with Katie Hopkins? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. She's, a, she's my like favorite guest rock star now. She had me in tears the other day. So the protests are squaring off again in Berkeley after Coulter canceled. Why are they squaring off? What are they complaining about now? The most interesting thing going things going on in Washington today is they, they can't get their act together. I am so frustrated. Words cannot even begin to express my frustration, even beyond Linda annoying me about ordering me, trying to order me, complaining, you know, being obstinate, getting then getting mad at me because I decide to come in and do my own show every day. And the the lower standard that I apply to people that work for me, which is if you don't feel good, don't come in. I don't apply to myself because I want to lead by example. And she calls me a hypocrite for that when it's not hypocrisy. If the boss takes a different position and a harder position for himself. But I'm more frustrated even more than when Linda bugs me over the House being incapable after 100 days to even get a vote on repealing, replacing Obamacare. Since they ran on this, they they voted 60 times. What did I always call them? Show votes. They meant nothing. And when Ted Cruz said, let's stop making it a show vote, let's put some teeth in this and let's use our enumerated constitutional power of the purse and let's defund Obamacare, you know, every Republican went running for the hills rather than uniting with him. And I'm beginning to think that Republicans, or at least some of them, they don't want to repeal and replace Obamacare. It's like the dirty little secret. Now, I understand reconciliation. By the way, most of you don't want to hear about it. You don't want to learn about it. You don't need to know about it or the bird rule. And if you're really up on politics, you already know what reconciliation is and the bird rule is and a cloture vote. You get it. But that's not even the point. As Byron York was was pointing out in his piece, dirty little secret, you know, that's keeping maybe House Republicans. They don't want a full repeal of Obamacare, which is outrageous and disgraceful. It means that. They have been telling us one big lie for all of these years because too, too many of them or enough of them actually favor Obamacare, which is now making it impossible to repeal. But that's not what all of them ran on. They all ran on repeal. You know, so it's becoming clear that if they had wanted it done, they don't even want to sort of repeal Obamacare because the bill currently on the table you know, falls short of a full repeal of Obamacare. Now, in fairness, even the 2015 bill did that. And this is where the issues of technical technical difficulties related to the Senate, the passing of the bill, reconciliation, 
you know, having revenue neutral bills when you're appealing in a, in a budget bill, it's it gets a little complicated, but not like they're saying. You know, but I thought this is what they said they were going to do. I thought this is what they all promised. That's what they said. Give us the House in 2010. Give us the Senate in 2014. Give, give it to us. We'll get it done. Now, to me, it's it, Paul Ryan needs to get his act together. And if there are Republicans that now refuse to support a bill that is a compromise bill that the Freedom Caucus says is a great first step, and they're not willing to do that, well, start naming those Republicans. I want to know who the obstacles are. I want to know who's refusing to support this bill, support the president. The trillion dollars is needed so he can advance his, his economic plan, which we need desperately to get Americans back to work and out of poverty and off of food stamps and buying homes again. You know, back when Tom DeLay was the House majority whip, let me tell you something, this bull wouldn't happen. This crap would never have been tolerated. Not only would Tom DeLay have twisted arms to get the legislation passed, he would have broken arms if that's what it took to get the jobs done. Not literally, by the way. People take things too literal today. So, and I, you know, what we need right now is some some serious arm twisting. And I think the president needs to team up with Ryan if he can find the time. He doesn't have any sense of urgency. And state loudly and state clearly, you know, by Monday, any member of the GOP Any moderate that still opposes repealing and replacing, considering Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan and Louie Gohmert and all these other Freedom Caucus guys worked with the Tuesday group and the study group and the moderates to get the the deal done. And I think the president should personally and publicly threaten to tweet out their names and campaign against them. And if if the speaker won't get his job done, maybe he's not meant for this job. And Ryan should make clear he won't. Get a nobody will get a single dime of campaign funding from the Republican Party or the leadership if they don't now get on board as a party and show that they're prepared to leave lead. If repeal and replace isn't done in the next two weeks, when it, it may never get done, and that means Paul Ryan is a failure. I'll tell you right now. This also means Paul Ryan can kiss his House Majority goodbye and his Speakership goodbye, and you can bet your bottom dollar that the newly Crowned House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will commence impeachment hearings against Donald Trump before the ink is dry. You think I'm overstating the case? I don't think so. Now, on the good news side of this, contrary to reports earlier today that 40 to 50 House Republicans now refuse to endorse this replacement, Mark Meadows is saying, no, that's not true. And he's saying, obviously, we'd love to have a vote in the first 100 days. But then he said, I can tell you I was on the phone until... 11 o'clock last night, like he's been since the day they pulled the bill the first time. He says, we're only a few short at this moment. And he says, we're going to work all day today and tomorrow. And he anticipates that they'll have a vote probably next week. And Meadows pushed back on reports, which the administration first tried to push through in the first 100 days that it had fallen apart. He said, that's not true. He said, there wouldn't be many more changes to the bill. And then he said, I can tell you, the president, the vice president are all hands on deck. This will get done. It's a matter of weeks, not a matter of months. So I'm very optimistic. That's what he said the last time. Now, Democrats. Now, I told you, by the, didn't I say, Linda, that they, they want to go home for the weekend, that there's not going to be a government shutdown? I told you. So they did a stopgap measure to get us into next week. And then they'll be debating the continuing resolution next week, because now the Democrats are threatening to shut the government down over the issue of Obamacare, considering Republicans caved on the issue of of funding the border wall, which was stupid. 
They should have just held the line and said, fine, shut it down. Shut down the government. You'll blame it. You'll be blamed for it. Whole idea of pushing the budget process into the next presidency was was we can get some some better economic uh, plans in place that's going to help the country. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. So fine, my, shut the government down. Threatening to shut the government down has now become the Democratic Party's all-purpose tool to block Republicans from any and everything, especially in this case from implementing Donald Trump's agenda. Now, earlier this week, congressional Democrats threatened to shut down the government if Republicans wouldn't fund the border wall. I don't get this because they spent eight years with Obama, scared to death that they're going to get blamed for the shutdown. They'd threaten and they'd pull back almost to me. Oh, it's okay. I'm sorry. We didn't mean to throw it. Not, don't blame us, please. And, the, you know, poor Ted Cruz got beaten up by his own party. Oh, we're going to get crushed in the 2014 election. Oh, Ted Cruz, look at the filibuster on actually using constitutionally enumerated powers to do something that is worthwhile and keep a promise. Oh, well, we ended up doing pretty well in that campaign. And the same Republicans are too weak and timid to support this president. So now that the Democrats have been empowered after they threatened to shut down the government, if they Republicans wanted to fund the president's border wall, well, now they're threatening to shut the government down if Republicans dare to repeal Obamacare. Let them shut it down. Shut it down. It's going to be on their heads. And it's about time. When are you guys ever going to fight for what you believe in? When are you ever going to take a stand? The border wall and Obamacare are two great reasons that Donald Trump was elected. Take a stand. Be bold. Be courageous because your approval ratings really, really cannot get much lower than they are now. And what you're not understanding, all you weak, timid Spineless Republicans in Washington, what you're not understanding is when you take a stand, when you keep your promises, when you stand for what's right, when you stand up for an 80-20 issue like the border wall, then you will benefit politically. So being strong, not being timid, having a vision, solving problems, people want solutions, especially because we need Obamacare passed. Uh, so that we can take the trillion dollars and move it over to the president's economic plan. If we want security, we got to secure the borders. You know, the Trump, President Trump's trying on everything. Get your act together. Get some strength. Get some courage. Get some backbone. Make a list of the promises you made, like the president's doing, and fulfill them. It's not that hard or complicated. All right, the other news of the day, your calls when we get back. At 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. This should not surprise you. Anyway, a new poll sponsored by the University of Virginia Center for Politics. Overwhelming number, Trump voters agree with this statement that the press is the enemy of the American people. 88%. I bet, you know, I remember when I had the uh, debate with Ted Koppel, and I'm Ted Koppel. This is Nightline, and you're bad for America because you're so good at what you do. Remember the whole thing? I'm like, Ted, you, you, don't, you sell the American people short. Most people, and I know most of you in this audience, know your intelligence is being insulted. You know instinctively, you see you've been 
It's almost like once you, you, your mind opens up, you become hip to the bias that exists out there. In other words, it's like you, you might believe, um, let me see, you, maybe on NBC Nightly News with Brian Williams, we start tonight, Joe, you know, for a while you believe all that's real. You believe these guys are infallible. You believe these guys are not biased. You believe that these guys are honest and truthful and fair and they're balanced. And then you begin to see Dan Rather and the whole document fraud extravaganza that led to his firing. Oh, Dan Rather's a liberal, although most of us knew that ahead of time. Same with all these other major networks and the same with CNN and the same with MSNBC. You know, that's why I'm trying to I'm trying not for selfish reasons here. And I really mean that. It may, it may seem self-serving, but I'm trying to also make everybody aware of what the conditions are. I, I think I'm the only one that talks about it. I, don't, I have not heard, although may, look, I don't listen enough to other people. I, I just try and be myself every day to know. But, but I know all of my colleagues know this. I don't know if they talk about it. I know everybody at the Fox News Channel knows it. I mean, I think most of you by now know what Media Matters is all about. They they want to silence conservative voices and they take words and phrases constantly out of context and they they blow it up into be something that it's not. And if they get the right word, sentence, phrase, then they begin the full. All right, let's go after the advertisers. That's just a roundabout way of of stopping support well maybe they don't do this they'll list this advertiser is now pulled from x show and what all they're doing is they're ratcheting up the pressure so they know that they'll put financial pressure on a on a particular show and a particular owner and a particular network and and eventually they know that that all of these networks and all of these broadcasting mediums are are financially have to remain financially viable and some of them may think about cutting their losses and firing a talent over controversy. And it's like we, we're monitored every hour of every single day, every minute, every second of every day that I'm on the air. And it's me and every conservative talk show host, other hosts that you listen. In many cases, even your, your local hosts now are being monitored by these people. These people are well-funded. They're paid. They're in their basements. They're in their underwear. And they're paid to monitor every show. And the same with everything that's done and said on Fox News. And if you think I'm kidding and you think I'm overstating it and you think I'm conspiratorial and you think I'm paranoid over what they're trying to do at the Fox News channel, just look at what happened last Friday to me. Two days after Bill O'Reilly and the network parted ways. And, you know, a false accusation that supposedly happened in 2003 or four, whenever it was. It had never been stated before. And then you look at a media that took the charge of one individual, a false allegation, completely made up on every level. And they took this and ran with this. They didn't even print the year that this supposedly had happened. Linda thinks it's 2003. I think 2004. And they just ran with it. They didn't do a rudimentary background check on the individual. Because if they would have, they would have noticed, oh, there's a 12, 13, 14-year history of her slandering Sean Hannity and proven to be lying about Sean Hannity. It didn't stop them. 
And, you know, so I, I get my name, my reputation smeared, slandered, besmirched, you know, raked over the coals on in basically every website, every news site, every news channel, every radio station, every TV station in the country on every network. Just get the crap beat out of me because they didn't take the time to do a rudimentary, simple, basic, fundamental background check, not even a Google search or Yahoo search or something. So you want to know why 88% of voters agreed that the media is the enemy of the American people? Because they're not honest. What they did in this last week to me was not honest. It was not fair. And frankly, I think it's they... They basically were co-conspirators in slander. Does the media have any obligation to do any background check at all? Or they can take one, one source that's not credible and use it. This is a media. This isn't the National Enquirer or the Star Magazine. By the way, National Enquirer has been right sometimes, a lot of times, actually. In our Star Magazine, this is not a tabloid. This is not a gossip column. This is news, supposed news. And they take the word of one individual, not multiple sources, one. They take the, that, that person's word, go after a, a well-known conservative and try it. This, if you don't see this for what it was, this was the kill shot. This was, we got O'Reilly, let's get Hannity. Oh, this is great. Let's get Hannity. Let's take Hannity out. Two days after O'Reilly's gone. That's bad. The fact that they didn't do a simple Google search. I think they committed crimes myself. I think they have a basic obligation. A legal obligation. To do the most fundamental, basic, rudimentary type of, type of research and, and corroboration before they slander somebody's reputation. I have a team of lawyers. I have a team of investigators. I'm not letting this go. I am not letting it go. You know, if I didn't have, you know, I started out my life with no money. I'm not in that position anymore. But if I didn't have the financing to be able to hire these big-name lawyers that I've hired, these very expensive Israeli investigators that I've hired, the best at the business. These are the best of the best. I, they might have won because I didn't have anybody really, a lot of people, some people behind the scenes. I will say this. The people that most defended me were people on social media. My irredeemable, deplorable friends the let not your heart be troubled Twitter army brigade, they came to my defense. Now, the people that work with me, you know, you guys had a particularly tough week, didn't you? I mean, now I'm not trying to drag you into this, by the way. Do you want to get dragged into this? Um, Why are you laughing at me like that? I'm not laughing at you. I mean, I think uh, everyone. You were, you were more upset. I think this everyone was, in no, here no, no. is pretty angry. Oh, yeah, you were angry. Well, I know her, and I've been through this before, so I, I'm really angry. Well, my whole family knows this. But it's just I outrageous. think, but you know, and you know, imagine this. You, <clears throat> you got to understand something here. You know, when my, you know, my niece Cassie, 
Now she knows. Now my niece went to Notre Dame. She went to medical school. She lives in Houston. She's a she's a doctor. O B G Y N. When my poor niece writes me, and you know Cassie, I mean she got a heart of gold. She is. I mean she went for every summer in high school for that. Um, what's the name of that doctor's group where they do operations? Um, I don't. I don't remember the group, so I don't want to give the wrong group. Anyway, she would spend her summers, and it made her want to become a doctor just for that reason and help people, and she's a special girl. But when she writes me, all she wrote me the first thing this week was in the middle of this, Uncle Sean, I love you. She she doesn't know. She's not media savvy like all of us in this room here. Well, you're in the other room. You know, you know what I mean? She just, she, all she sees is the sexual harasser headline. And she writes me, and she's devastated. Then she has to explain to her friends. Then she has to explain to her husband. And she has to explain to her in-laws that her, her uncle is not a, a, a dirtbag. Or my son, who's at college, sees an article, or people are sending it to him. Isn't it nice to have friends that send them articles about that? And my son writing me, I love you, Dad. I know it's not true. Are you okay? It's... You know, so it's hard for people that don't live in my world and our world. And you get the same thing and you get the same types of responses from people like I am. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody's very supportive and outraged and yeah, you know, but, wants but, to help. But, but there's a group of people that don't understand that this is a game that people play of that killing it's normal. people. This is normal. You know, and I've tried I try to explain it to my son and daughter this week that, you know, I've ke- I have and you got to be proud of me for most of my career. I have kept them out of this mess. I have been, I don't know how, but thank God they've been interested in other things in their dad's career. Thank God that they, they have other interests. You know, I, my kids have been to my TV show less than anybody, and it's like they'll come with their friends because their friends or their friends' fathers and mothers are fans of the show, so then they're stuck coming then. And in the case of my son, he'll spend the entire hour not paying attention to one word that's said, but running around the studio making me throw the football to him. That's the entire hour. And my daughter will find a way to run around and find the makeup, uh, the wonderful makeup people and hair people I work with, and she'll come out a stunning news anchor by the end of the hour. Just, you know, they're not sitting there watching their dad thinking, oh, this is the greatest thing on earth. That's all they have known growing up. But they haven't known the the dark side of this because I don't go home and tell anybody. I don't bring all this home. I don't bring home what was said to me on on this website or that website. And I didn't never want to, I, I chose this life. I didn't want to drag them into it. I, listen, I, I get it. It's part of the job. You're, I dish it out four hours a day, every day. But here's the question. And you know, you know who the team of lawyers is, Linda. Here's my question. Because we agree and feel that the media, in particular, that ran with their cheap headline, no background at all whatsoever that they had a rudimentary and fundamental responsibility to their viewers, listeners, readers, and to me to do a rudimentary, fundamental, basic, simple, even a Google search would have done, and they didn't even do that. Do you think legally they have culpability? Absolutely. That's what my lawyers think. And that's what I They're think. They're good lawyers. Oh. All right. On a scale of one to ten, rate them all. There's no scale for them. There's, There's no scale for them. They're terrific people. When it gets announced, 
And we're going to get to it. We're, we're, we're dotting our I's and crossing our T's, and we're going to do it right. We're not going to rush. When people find out this team, what do you think the reaction is going to be? Run. Run for your lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I think there's something in play here. And everybody thinks that I stopped talking about it. Well, it's going away. Oh, I've not stopped. Ooh, no, I have not stopped. And you know I haven't stopped. You know, the media earning poor marks from Americans. New po- another new poll, 51% of Americans said the national political media is out of touch with everyday Americans. 28% of it, it understands the issue of everyday Americans. I don't know who the 28% are. They clearly voted for Hillary. New York Times editor won't use the term female genital mutilation. Culturally loaded and divides people. Wow. That's evil in our time. We can't stand up for women that are brutally mutilated like that. By the way, NBC found a Trump voter with buyer's remorse. Happened to be a Democrat, by the way. NBC News president says NBC News is objective journalism. MSNBC is informed opinion. Wow. They believe that. That's pretty interesting. You know, you compare the New York Times... And how they felt about government shutdowns in uh, 2013, the GOP's fault. In 2017, it's Trump's fault. Of course, because they're Democrats. Scott Pelley, by the way, according to Newsbusters, the most anti-Trump anchor on TV news. Um, By the way, leftists have been paid. That was a good thing. Anyway, we'll get to all of this today. And we've got Camille Paglia coming up in the course of the program. We've got Congressman Babin. We have an update on surveillance and a letter that was sent to Jeff Sessions that we should maybe be investigating Susan Rice for the unmasking of people. We'll get to that. 800 941 if you want to be a part of the program. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to join us. Camille Paglia coming up at the top of the next hour. Talk to her about liberal fascism and what's going on. No free speech, college campuses, the attempts to silence every conservative in America today. A lot happening in Washington. Stopgap measure. Shocking. Congressmen and women want to go home for the weekend, so they'll punt, and they'll get back to the issue of the continuing resolution next week. Uh, Republicans, the leadership cannot get their act together on health care, even though all but one Freedom Caucus member, in con- working in conjunction with the Tuesday group and the study group, has the bill done. There's going to be a real serious question raised in the next week or two about House leadership if this doesn't get done. There's just no excuse for it. We also have an update now. Brian Babin, congressman from the great state of Texas, asked the attorney general, Jeff Sessions, to investigate Susan Rice. We've talked about surveilling, unmasking and intelligence leaking. Um, Finally, somebody is saying, hey, what about Susan Rice's admitted unmasking of Trump aides? So they made their first public inquiry into opening an investigation uh, as it relates to these reports that the Obama administration's national security advisor, Susan Rice, and others unmasked several Trump campaign officials that were swept up in the U.S. surveillance operations against foreign targets during last year's presidential election campaign. And uh, Congressman Babin is with us now. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Sean. Great to be with you again. Well, didn't we learn towards the end of our investigation here that, in fact, there was direct surveillance of Americans, which would be a violation of their Fourth Amendment protections, constitutional protections against unreasonable search and seizure when it was not connected in any way to any foreign entity. Did that happen, sir? 
It certainly looks that way, and uh, you know, until we do get a a full uh, and and independent investigation, and I say independent because uh, it it could very uh, possibly be a lot more than just Susan Rice, and some may still be uh, federal employees. Uh, so uh, you know, it just ha- it just doesn't pass the smell test, Sean. There needs to be a full, thorough investigation, and it needs to be immediate. And I will say this: I've I've gotten a personal note back from the attorney general himself uh, thanking me for the letter and understanding my concerns and uh, so I feel very I feel very good about this well, I was watching uh, him in an interview this morning he says he won't confirm or deny which is policy the even the existence of a, a potential investigation in this particular case but um, if if we in fact had the surveillance the unmasking of a political opposition party in the middle of a presidential campaign and the national security advisor and maybe the CIA director and maybe people like Ben Rhodes and maybe even the president himself had knowledge of this, wouldn't that be on a scale like a thousand times bigger than Watergate? You're reading my mind. I mean, it makes Watergate look like a recess in kindergarten, uh, especially if, when you have uh, – Federal employees in, in positions of authority, working right under the president of the United States, abusing their privileges, and uh, quite frankly, uh, you know, I think that uh, I don't care whether you're, you're whatever your position is, small or mighty, uh, when you when you risk Americans and you uh, abuse your privileges, then then you are absolutely. Uh, you know, just just in other words, taking the the Constitution and our civil rights uh, and inverting them, perverting them, I, sh- I think is a better word. And uh, these people need to be called to account. If they're found guilty, uh, then they need to be uh, prosecuted. And I heard the, the the Attorney General himself on Fox News, as a matter of fact, it's been about a couple of three weeks ago, saying that he was this absolute quote absolutely this leaking must stop and it's not going to stop until we have some some uh, prosecutions and so that was why that was actually the incentive for me to write him a letter and uh, I feel I feel very strongly that of course he's not going to mention anything I don't believe uh, about an ongoing investigation but I feel uh, you know confident that we're going to see uh, some action here do you believe based on what you know now that there was widespread surveillance for political purposes of Donald Trump's campaign. It, it it smells of that, Sean. I cannot, you know, I, I I'm a I'm a colleague with uh, with the Intel uh, Committee uh, uh, ch- uh, Chairman Nunez. Uh, I I can't say anything, you know, on the uh, in this interview or anything like that. But I can tell you that it looks awful bad uh, when you have this type of thing going on. And and, and it started with General Flynn. Uh, that was the first uh, evidence that we saw. Uh, where they absolutely went after him and and uh, cost him his job. Now I'm not going to get involved in in what he said or didn't say to the to the vice president. But uh, well, wasn't he vetted by the Obama something. administration and get his security clearance through them? Uh, you would think so, absolutely. And uh, what they what it it looks like what they did was just to to listen in, surveil, and then unmask these people, and that is a that is a felony. They are not supposed to take private uh, citizens. And uh, and unmask them and expose their names to the public. Uh, and and anyone who's found doing that, I think, needs to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And uh, that was what my letter was all about. And I feel very strongly about this. This is this is worse than Watergate ever was. And uh, these responsible parties need to be called to account. 
Can you update us about the stopgap measure uh, as it relates to the CR? And and why is there this inordinate fear among Republicans, your colleagues, that they're going to get blamed for a government shutdown? You know, I thought the idea was to push the budget into this year so that with a Republican president, we might have the opportunity to actually do a real good budget. Well, we still might have that opportunity, and I'm hoping so, because this is only a very short-term CR uh, and, uh, you know, there's some stuff in here that I, I have a problem with. But, you know, Sean, uh, my last session when I, when I first came to, to Congress, I used to, uh, used to wake up in the morning and I, uh, anything that I could do, uh, any way that I could stop what this socialist agenda was with uh, President Obama, I was, I was willing to do. But now we've got a president in there uh, that I've really worked hard to and campaigned for, uh, and he has an agenda which is almost identical to mine. And so, you know, I am, I am more willing to uh, kind of ride with him uh, on, on CRs just so we can get, get through his agenda. That's why I was so very disappointed we could not uh, pass the, uh, the Health Care Act so we could get on to tax reform and get on to reg reform and everything else. Because the man is he's being criticized constantly about his first 100 days being a disaster. Well, I would remind the folks out there that he's signed more uh, bills in the legis- in, into law than any other president in the last uh, 50 years. And uh, he, is an, uh, he has signed 25 executive orders. He's put, uh, helped put 500,000 people back to work in the United States of America, even before he was doing it, even before he took office. Uh, we got a, we got a uh, U.S. Supreme Court uh, justice confirmed for the, uh, in the first 100 days. That hasn't happened since 1881. So I think he's had a he's got a great report card, and that's why I'm willing uh, to let's see let's let's give the guy a chance. Uh, that was one one reason I, I voted for this CR, and uh, I want to see some things done. I think this this country's been going in the wrong direction for eight solid years, and this uh, president we got to give him a chance. What is wrong with the Republicans after eight years of saying they're going to repeal and replace Obamacare? They can't get it done. What, 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 you know, why not? Why wasn't there consensus built beforehand? Why wasn't the bill written beforehand? Did you see the bill before they released the bill? I did not. I did not. First time that I heard about the problems with the bill was uh, when uh, uh, Chairman Mark Walker, uh, I'm a member of RSC, the Republican Study Committee as well, and uh, he had some real problems with it when, they, when, it, when it was leaked. And so uh, I was absolutely a no on the bill until I got to meet with the president, the vice president, and uh, actually uh, I continued to be a no, and I got a, I got a personal phone call from President Trump, and he made uh, what I thought were some great conservative concessions to, to me and, and several others that were having problems. Well, every Freedom Caucus member but one has now signed off on the bill. That, that's exactly right. And uh, now we've got moderate Republicans who have problems with it, and, you know, every one of us, uh, that, uh, there's 237 of us in the Republican conference. We all represent different types of districts, some, some more moderate, some more conservative. But we all ran to, to repeal and reform Obamacare. So I would hope that these holdouts now would really do some introspection, some soul-searching. And like you, Sean, we should have had the, our ducks in a row, and uh, we've got to get this thing passed So, uh, because we've got to get hundreds of billions of dollars out of, out of uh, repealing Obamacare and plow it right well, back. It's almost, the, it's almost a, tr- a trillion dollars, right? That's right. It's, it's uh, between $800 billion and a trillion. Un- unbelievable. What is, the la- is there anything that you see, any other obstacles, are the Republicans going to learn their lesson 
in as much as they're going to let people read the bills before they release them? Will they build a consensus bill and not put the public and the president and the country through the the painful uh, debate, public debate that they had over health care? Are they going to learn anything from this? I, I certainly hope so. Uh, this is this uh, this should be a great lesson to all of us. Uh, when I ran for Congress, uh, that was the number one issue. That was in 2014, and I'm a, a healthcare provider. I'm a dentist, and uh, that was the biggest issue we had in 2014 uh, to repeal and replace it with something that would give give America freedom and choice and market forces to enable us to to have uh, to return to to the great healthcare we've known in the past and, and even improve it. Yeah. So well, I got to run here, Congressman. I appreciate you updating us on on all of this stuff. Congressman Babin of uh, Texas, thank you so much for being with us. 800-941-SEAN is a toll-free telephone number you want. All right, news roundup information overload coming up in the next hour. Camille Paglia joins us. Let's get to our phones. In the meantime, we got Jose is in Miami. Jose on WIOD. What's going on, sir? How are you? Pretty good, Sean. How you doing? I'm good. What's going on? Hey, you know, it's like deja vu all over again. During Obama's term, the Republicans were craven, spineless, and gutless. Now that they have the White House, they're still craven, spineless, and gutless. What is it with the Republicans? I, I can't answer it. I mean, I can't excuse it. It's inexcusable. They were ill-prepared for the moment and to lead. And, you know, comparing and contrasting, the president is, you know, moving at the speed of light, the speed of Trump. He's checking off his list. He's keeping his promises, even laying out, you know, future bills, getting everything in, in place to get finished. And, you know, these guys are so weak and so feckless and, and lacking any such urgency that the rest of us have in life. It is beyond frustrating. Look, I I'm telling you right now, and the polls show this, they keep this up. There is going to be, it's not an if, it's when. The public is going to pop. They're going to be furious. You know, Congress's approval rating now is what, 12%. You just, it's going to be 2% by the time this is all said and done if they don't get their act together. There's no more excuses. You know, now you've got... You got every Freedom Caucus member that worked, Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan, on this program this week. They work with the study group. They work with the Tuesday group. They work with the moderates. There's no urgency in leadership. They can't seem to get the job done. Now, if all these moderates are so supportive of Paul Ryan, well, they better understand Paul Ryan's job is now in jeopardy if this keeps up. Just a fact. I'm just I'm stating fact here. Reality would be the people will start demanding that. They get a new speaker, they get new leadership, and they they get a sense of purpose uh, rather than what we've seen in the last hundred days, the gang that can't shoot straight. It's the only, it's, and I appreciate the call. It's the only thing I can tell you. Uh, oh, my buddy Steve Ronnebeck is on. Uh, he was on earlier this week. We were talking about his son, Grant, who was killed. He's a 21-year-old. Brave American, great kid, working overnight in a Mesa, Arizona convenience store, and his son was killed by an illegal immigrant that had already been convicted of kidnapping and holding hostage a woman for a week. Uh, Thoughts and prayers always remain with you, Steve. We admire your courage and your fight. What's going on? Hey, Sean, thanks for having me. Uh, Hey, you know our our, uh, conversation the other day, um, and I appreciate the fact that you let me and Andy Biggs come on your show, but you and I had had a conversation about the new voice office. Um, You know, I just wanted to to tell you what's going on, something that's come up. Uh, Yesterday, I I got... uh, a lot of us got a message from from uh, the new voice office that uh, some of the liberal media and some of these liberal activist groups have uh, taken to Twitter to incite people to prank call the new voice hotline. Are you the, are you serious for the victims 
of crimes by illegal immigrants. They want to prank call it. They spent all day yesterday prank calling the new voice hotline. So they pretty much tied up the line so that actual victims couldn't get through. Well, I have a good idea because, I mean, the government has the ability. If we're going to use our NSA for nefarious purposes, well, let's say those people that are trying to clog up the lines and obstruct justice for individuals, uh, maybe we'll find out who they are and maybe they should get a call from the government and say, oh, if you're not really a victim, why would you be so mean to the families of of victims of crime and and obstruct an investigation and, and obstruct the opportunity to help people? I don't know. There might yeah, be something I, there. We we might be able to uh, there might be wiretapping laws or or some type of laws that that might be applicable here. I'll have to ask an attorney. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a, a woman named Pam Campos that works for the uh, <clears throat> Common Defense Fund that uh, basically is calling this new new uh, hotline a uh, xenophobic registry. Um, you know, I, you, you, I, you I know, know what's understand. sad about this? They, they have no idea what your life has been like since you lost your son, Grant, a few years ago. They have no idea what it's like to live with the pain that you have lived with now for all of these years. And anybody that can be that lacking in empathy and that psychotic and sociopathic, you know what? I have I have no sympathy for sick, twisted, miserable people like this. None whatsoever. You, you're almost without a heart. Now, my best advice for you, and, and we'll keep on this, if this continues, we'll figure out a way to be able to bypass those people that are responsible for this. But I, I'm up on a break here, Steve. You're in my prayers, as is your son and your family. Thank you, sir, for updating us. We'll st- I'll, I'll continue to stay on this, I promise. All right, Camille Paglia is next. News Roundup information overload and more of your calls straight ahead. And, uh, in light of the president finally keeping promises to vets yesterday, which, again, go down his checklist of promises he's keeping, everything he can do on his own, he is getting done. And we've got to give him credit for all of that. And he was able to order an executive order to hold VA employees finally accountable. What we have done with our nation's vets is nothing short of a national disgrace. The executive order con- uh, created an office of accountability and whistleblower protection at the Department of Veteran Affairs. It establishes specific online uh, ability that identifies barriers preventing the VA from firing employees who are not performing. You know, think of what they've done here. We've had veterans die waiting to get the care and the coverage that we promised them that they would get. They'd have two lists. It was a case I remember. This one was out in Arizona. They called the family and said, oh, it's uh, we're ready for you now. And it was a year later, and the guy had died waiting for the care that the nation promised those that went to fight bleed for us. It's unbelievable. Anyway, beautiful, touching song. All right, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, as promised, let's get into uh, our busy phones here. want to take a lot of calls. Ellie is in Louisiana. Ellie, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Thanks. Thanks. I need to talk to Dr. Sean. Dr. Uh-oh, Hannity. Dr. Hannity. What's, uh, Dr. Hannity is back in the house. Do we have, still have that introduction, Jason? I think we got an introduction. If you, it's for people that need help, insight, sort of like that friend next door having a beer or a cup of coffee and you got to unload something, this is the place to be. It's called the Dr. Hannity's office. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case love in Midtown Manhattan. 
the doctor is in. That's right. Dr. Hannity's ready to help you with your relationships, your politics, anything you want to talk about. All right. I always say let not your heart be troubled. All right. Ellie in Louisiana, what is it I can do for you? The phony doctor is in the house. What's going on? I only play one on radio. Okay. Then I'll do, the, I'll do the phony cry. Well, it's like this, Dr. Hannity. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I, I honestly, my heart just <laughs> dropped. I didn't, th- I didn't know who I thought you had me. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I thought I'd do the crazy crying if you're going to do the crazy doctor. <laughs> All right, so I'll tell you a story um, recently. There were two women at work that I love and adore, and they work in the makeup and hair department. And on two different days within two weeks, they were both crying. You know, for, for different reasons. You know, one has an elderly parent. Uh, the other was sick, and her father was sick, and they're both upset. So I said, oh, you got to stop crying. Please, please, please. And in each case, I pulled out $100. I said, this is fun money. Go have fun and, and go take whatever's bothering you off your mind. Now, every day I walk in the, the makeup and hair department, and they're wonderful people, and they all start phony crying, say, oh, I'm so upset. And I'm like, all right, I got it. Thank you. I made it. I'm setting a bad precedent here trying to be nice. Anyway, what's going on? Okay, Dr. Hannity, well, it's my birthday, and you can still send me the $100. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what's wrong? What's well, on your heart today? What can crazy, I do? a crazy sister who lives in Colorado. Mm-hmm. She has not talked to us since November. She has, she couldn't talk to any of us because we were a bunch of bigots over here yeah. in the East. And she couldn't she couldn't have conversation with us. She's talked to my mother since, but I, I'm thinking, Really? You're going to throw away 40 years of, of family over an election for a bad person that you wanted to vote for? <laughs> I I got to be honest, this is not this is not the only instance of this. I've been told this is this is happening in a lot of places. Um how close were you to your sister? How close were you to her? Well, I used to talk to her every week. She always wanted us to visit and you know, I couldn't we couldn't get out there, but my other sister went and she said nobody comes to visit. And I said, "Well, you know, what happened with Marie? She drove, drove her and her husband out there. Does that not tell for anything? <laughs> well, number one, you have a great sense of humor about it. I mean, this is really her problem and not yours. I mean, exactly. like, for example, you didn't abandon her when Obama was president. She's abandoning you because Correct. she doesn't like your politics. And that shows a level of, well, la- a little bit unbalanced and unhinged there. You know, sounds like a snowflake liberal in the case of your family. But what I would do is this. You want my real I'm going to give you real heartfelt advice. I'd reach out to your sister, write her a heartfelt letter and say, "Okay, it's X number of days since the election. I have not heard from you. Uh, You don't want to be a part of our lives, apparently, because you don't like where we stand politically. I personally am not backing down my political opinions. But why would you allow politics to get in the way of a loving family? And then I would just leave it in her hand, say, look, I will respect your wishes. I won't be bothering you. I won't be begging you to be my sister again. But I'm always here from you as soon as you want to grow up and reestablish the relationship. How's that? That is so good. Right? I'm good, right? Blessed are the peacemakers. You ought to create postcards. I'm I'm telling you. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I'll (laughs) tell you what else we're going to do. Linda, what could we send out to her sister? No, we should send it to her. Not I don't want to send anything. Yeah, to I don't want to send anything to your cranky her. sister. I mean, she sounds mean. She's Ellie sounds like the one who deserves it. Rush, so I can't. I can't condone you sending to her because she just doesn't. Yeah, like well, it. I'm not going to send. She but, thinks that I don't have a brain because I only listen to you. She oh, wait a minute! I got a great idea, Linda. What are we going to send? I got a great idea, Linda. What are we going to send? You I gotta... think I think that we should send a football. Okay. And, and I think that we should send a, a Trump pen, maybe several. Okay. All right. This is and what we're going to do. I am going yes. to send an autographed football 
and book to your sister and a Trump pen, the talking Trump pen. And I'm going to say, you know, stop being mean to your sister and start listening to the president. And she'll be able to with the pen. And then I'll send it to you because you'll actually like it. All right. So I'm going to send all of that to your sister. Stop being mean to your family. And then probably I've just ruined the relationship forever, but that's her problem. It's not your problem. Listen, I am not going to beg anybody in my life to like me. I mean, for example, Linda Love hates me. Before the show today, I said something to her that annoyed the living daylights out of her, and she's had a a sour look on her face ever since the show started. Yesterday, she aggravated me. I can't imagine that. So is that true, Linda? I think I look great right now. I don't know. I mean, uh, what do you, you guys look... think in the studio? Do I, do I look angry? She's never looked better. Okay. I All right. The people in studio, she's got them wrapped around her fingers. I cannot count on them. They don't work for me in their minds. They work These for Linda. These people are larger than life. They don't fit around my finger. Okay. Your sickness is eroding your brain. That's what's happening. Okay. Everybody in there is turned on the boss. As you can see, I have no control of my staff. And what's that, boss? I thought she was the boss. You're on thin ice here, you. You're the latest, you're the first to go, just so you know. It depends on the problem, then we figure out who the boss is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But if, like, when they screw up, they go run into mama, and she protects them, and it's ridiculous. And then I'll say to her, all right, who screwed this up? And she'll say, "Uh, I did. And meanwhile, it's not her job. I I say, I know it's not you. Who are you protecting? I did. You don't need to worry about it. I fixed it. That's what she says. Then I'll start asking again. It's on a need-to-know basis. That's right, Ellie. Okay, but why don't I get to know it's my show, I'm the boss. Because when I fix things for you, it's on a need-to-know basis for other people. So uh, you, you, know. You, know what, you know what that sounds like, when I fix things oh, for you? God. Like you when I fix you tea and honey right? and then you toss it into a trash can like it's nothing. Well, because I didn't like the tea and honey because it tasted horrible. All right, so stay on the line. We're going to take care of you. We appreciate it. Uh, oh, Linda, did you see what Velma put up there on Twitter yesterday? I did not. Okay, I retweeted it. I wanted... To cry. We maybe later in the show. I gotta talk to Velma. I, you know me. I never cry. I'm a heartless, miserable conservative. I'm just not a crier. It's not me. Oh, I see it now. I see it now. It just, it just, it stopped me in my tracks. And she changed her Twitter picture to you and her. I, yeah, I know. It's pretty cute, right? I listen. I wish you would have. That could have been my prom date, and she wouldn't go with me. Um, all right, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back with news roundup, information overload. Our Friday Florida Georgia Line concert series continues. Put you in a good mood after a pretty tough week. The final hour of the Sean Hannity Show is up next. Hang on for Sean's conservative solutions. All right, let's get back to our busy telephones. Josh is in Lynchburg, Virginia, the home of Liberty University, where Donald Trump will be the commencement speaker. What's up, Josh? How are you? I'm doing good, Sean. Thanks for asking. Did you go to Um, Liberty or what? um, Virginia Tech, really. Great school. What's going on? I just want to ask, there's a lot of seniors uh, coming out, doctoral students, PhDs, all those sorts of people graduating, and um, we're just looking for some advice, you know, to go out there besides our commencement speakers, which are going to be good. Um, I think I'm not going to be able to go to LU uh, graduation, so... I just want to hear what you have to say as a conservative thinker. All right. Well, what did you get your degree in? Uh, it would be English and professional and technical writing. Okay. And this is a, a, a bachelor's, master's, doctorate? It's a bachelor's. Okay. Um, and you're not going to go further. You're not going further in your education process, you don't think, now? 
No, I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. Um, so far as I can say, uh, if I'm going to go any further, I'd rather start off just going to work. And yeah. if it happens that I need more education, I'll All right, go for here's it. the first most important question. What are you most interested in? What, what kind of, you know, remember when you do a profession or a job, and by the way, this being your first job, it doesn't have to be the right one right away, but what, what you know, what would make you happy to get up in the morning, get up and go to work? Um, my, my happiness comes from communicating ideas from engineers and scientists and bringing them out to the public, making things easy for regular people to understand. So you're like the bridge. I kind of feel like I do the same thing. I'm the bridge between uh, Washington and reconciliation bills and the bird rule and cloture, and I have to bring it down to brass tacks for them and for, for for the people and for those idiots in Congress who need to be reminded that most people have no idea what reconciliation is. Um, my best advice to you is try those companies that you most admire. Try, don't worry about the money in the beginning. I never cared about money ever in my career, ever. I never really thought I'd ever have a chance of making it when I got into radio. I just know I wanted to be at a radio station. And just, you know, the the other second biggest thing I'm going to tell you is you've got to be willing in life to take chances. You've got to stand on a high dive. Are you afraid of heights at all? No, I've been diving off high things for a long time. Okay. What is one thing that fears you? Do you fear speaking in public? No, I don't. I don't fear speaking yeah. in public. What is, give me a fear you had. Do you fear asking a girl out on a date? No, I, I don't fear that. Do the you have any fear I, in I life fear, at all? Are you just perfect? You're just a courageous. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I fear the uh, inability to deliver exactly what they want. And um, if that's I good because the, that, the fear of failure is a great motivation. Here's my advice. Is. Take chances. Get on that high dive like you've been doing your whole life, and don't be afraid to jump. Maybe it's your own business. Maybe it's a consulting business. Maybe it's a bigger company that you thought you'd never have any chance at. And go dazzle them. And always under-promise and over-deliver. All right? I got to roll. Appreciate your call. Camille Paglia, she'll put a smile on her face when we get back on this Friday edition and our Friday Florida Georgia Line concert series coming up in the next hour. And to our detractors that insist that this march will never add up to anything, f- you. F- you. Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I am outraged. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. I am a nasty woman. I'm nasty, like my blood stains on my bed sheet. Why are tampons and pads still taxed when Viagra and Rogaine are not? Is your erection really more than protecting the sacred, messy part of my womanhood? Is the blood stain on my jeans more embarrassing than the thinning of your hair? We see this in demonstrations in the Bay Area before. The feeling is that the property damage, whatever it may be, is less is 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 less costly than anybody getting hurt. And so the police repeatedly in situations like this take the tactic of standing back and hoping it's going to diffuse. What happens here remains to be seen. But this is we've seen this before in the Bay Area. The police are behind the glass you see over there. They're not confronting the demonstrators. They're not trying to stop them. At least they have this. Section. This is gonna be a joke. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm literally about to f- kill myself, and I'm not kidding. You better f- fix this f- right now. <laughs> I literally am gonna die. I need an ambulance.
fabulous. All right, news roundup information overload hour here on the Sean Hannity Show. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Bottom of the hour, we have our Friday Florida Georgia Line concert series continues to put you in a good mood, if at all possible, after a draining week. So here it is, the 100-day mark, 100 days of FUs and walls around vaginas and vagina hats and blowing up the White House and I'm a nasty woman and protesting in sanctuary cities and obstruction and hysteria. And then, of course, culminating last night with silencing yet another conservative, this one being Ann Coulter at Berkeley, the home of the free speech movement. Joining us now is our friend Camille Paglia, author of the brand new book. It's up on Hannity.com, Free Women, Free Men, Sex, Gender, Feminism. Now, you are a feminist, right? Oh, yes, Sean. I, but I identify more with first wave feminism, which did not indulge in all this vile male bashing and victimization. I, I think, you know, I think the women's movement is going very astray here. We need to get back to uh, the original principles of feminism, which is about empowering women, not uh, donning this mask of victimhood and blaming men for all the problems in the universe. Yeah, you know, here's a bizarre question. For example, in my life, I have a son and I have a daughter and stay with me here is it feminist of me or or first generation feminism because i give my my son and my daughter the exact same opportunities in life the exact same speeches about they were born with talent and ability and their job is to work hard find their passion find their talent find their ability and bring it to fruition and eventually serve other people uh is that a little bit first generation feminism that i treat my son and my daughter exactly the same no i I think that's exactly right Women have to step up to the plate and stop asking for special protections. It's all this whining and screaming and this uh, this emotionalism. Okay, and then and then women wonder why are they not being taken seriously in the workplace and and promoted to high positions of power? You know, get your act together. Okay, all this this stuff that Madonna was doing. I I admire Madonna as an artist, but but this is embarrassing. Okay, this this kind of stuff is just uh, setting feminism back. Yeah, and and to me, it it's actually hurting the movement. And if anything, you know, with all the obstruction and all the protests and all the hysteria and all the crying and all the screaming and all the name calling, I don't hear uh, any solutions. And there's real, real suffering going on in America. You know, I'm a broken record, Camille. I I talk about because I care about 95 million Americans out of the labor force, 50 million in poverty, 50 million on food stamps, real people, real lives, real suffering, real problems that really need to be solved. I don't hear any solutions coming from the left side of the aisle at all at this point. Yes, I, I'm embarrassed. I, I'm a supporter of Bernie Sanders. I'm a, a, a Democrat. I voted for Jill Stein in oh this election. Okay, but how did I become um, friends I, with I, you? This is almost like ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm appalled. Okay, by this. <laughs> all right, that's why you just saved yourself. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm appalled by the navel gazing. Okay, that's going on. It's absolutely true. Okay, that unfortunately our public school education system, as well as uh, higher education, okay, have strayed from presenting world history. History, okay, world geography, economics, okay, to our young people. So everything is emotion. Everything is looking around us in the immediate present, seeing defects in the freest 
country ever created in the history of the world, right? And and, and somehow portraying Western civilization as a source of oppression rather than liberation of the individual, creation of free thought, free speech rights, right? So, I mean, I think we have just this, this ignorance that has now extended even to the faculty. And I speak as a, as a faculty member uh, teaching in the classroom for 46 years. You know, the great irony here is that Berkeley was supposed to be the home of the free speech movement and, and attempts to allow communist professors to have a right to express their views on a college campus. But, you know, the same location now, look what happened. A near riot breaks out when Milo Yiannopoulos uh, tries to speak at the Berkeley campus. You saw what was unfolding this week with Ann Coulter. What is your reaction to all of that? Well, the, the free speech movement led by Mario Savio uh, occurred in spring 1964 when I entered college that fall. Nothing was more inspiring to me. I am humiliated okay, by the, the behavior okay, of Berkeley, Janet Napolitano, okay, the, who, is, who is the president of the University of California, said nothing okay, to, that, to that fascist outbreak in the streets. I'm not a supporter of Milo particularly, okay, but that was an outrage. The police did nothing to stop it was like crystal knocked, for heaven's sakes. It's an absolute outrage. And, the, and, the, and, the, and a senator I admire, Senator Dianne Feinstein from California, Representative Nancy Pelosi, said nothing. There was nothing from the presidents and the, you know, and the faculty of the United States. Okay, this is grotesque, you know, this, this sort of silence. Yeah. I mean, we, we, this will not uh, hold up well in history. One of the things that always interested me about you, and I really came to know a lot more about you because Matt Drudge would always print your, your columns, and I read them and and they're very well written i do need a thesaurus half the time when i'm <laughs> when i'm reading them um but you know obviously you're a great intellectual you're you you're very passionate you're very articulate in in arguing your positions but you're also somebody that has incredible intellectual curiosity because you would on the other hand you would listen to talk radio shows like this and rush and mark and others absolutely for heaven's sakes I, I, the, the, you know, the conservative talk radio was offering you know a counter view of all public issues from the 1990s on the only reason talk radio rose was because of the stranglehold you know that um, that the, the urban you know PC uh, liberals had on the media. Okay? And I, I speak as a Democrat, okay? and I speak also as a professor of, you know, of media studies. Right? It was outrageous how one-sided our media had become. All this blame of talk radio, excuse me, okay? it was the New York Times okay? and the networks and NPR that created talk radio, the need for talk radio. You know, here's the environment we work under, and I'm not sure if you've ever heard me say this, if, uh, if I'm repeating myself, so be it, that's part of the job. But all of us in talk radio know this to be the environment we work in and that is that every hour of every day every talk show host myself included every hour of every day of the Fox News Channel, you have people paid. To, by the way, you are a total lifeless loser. You need an existence beyond this. But they get paid to monitor every word we say in the hope mm-hmm. that they can catch a word, a phrase, a sentence mm-hmm. that, that they can then mobilize and create some type of boycott movement, really, which is all an attempt of liberal fascism to destroy us and shut us down and silence our voices. I think there is an attempt now, an orchestrated, funded effort to destroy the Fox News Channel. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm paranoid. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? 
Well, I, you know, ever since uh, Hillary Clinton married David Brock, okay, you know, the evil Machiavel, okay, we, we've had, you know, this, this kind of kind of underhanded doings going on. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, okay, it, it's just, uh, you know, for me, uh, talk radio, all radio, okay, is a populist medium, okay, that it allows uh, the voices of callers, uh, even sports radio allows working class voices to be heard, whereas NPR uh, and PBS are upper middle class. Class, bourgeois, genteel, okay, organs, all right, that, that, that it, these people think that they speak for the working class, okay, it, it, using all this, you know, this effete, epicene kind of uh, uh, intonations that come from the, uh, the upper, you know, 1% of the United States. So I think uh, everyone, okay, who really is interested in free speech issues should be defending talk radio, for sure. Well, I, I would think so, but it's not that. This is a, a well-financed, orchestrated campaign to silence everyone everybody that is a conservative in the country. Uh, To me, it is liberal fascism. You know, you talk about the working class. I feel like it's people like myself. By the way, I have a working class background that are championing their cause every day. And people like Donald Trump, the reason he won is he resonated with working class Americans that this burdensome bureaucracy and burdensome government regulation is choking off any opportunity we have as a country to compete and build and manufacture in this country anymore. Yeah, I I've actually heard from people who, who know Trump in New York that he feels more at home with construction workers at his sites okay, than, than he does with the actual moneyed elite that he belongs to, economically speaking. And I, I think that is really true, is that the way uh, Trump speaks, the way he orates and so on, even his like asides, his meandering way of pre- presenting you know, ideas and, and at rallies and so on, all of that is a populist style. I think uh, I, too, could, could hear it okay, because I come from an Italian immigrant family mm-hmm. my uh, all four of my grandparents and my mother were born in we, Italy. We would have been friends was, growing up. We would have gotten in trouble together. I would have dragged you into more trouble than you've ever been. <laughs> and my grandfather worked in a shoe factory, okay, so that was my, my earliest years were uh, among the, you know, factory workers of the Endicott Johnson Shoe Factory. So, yes, no. uh, you know, and I, even though my PhD is from Yale, I have always resisted, okay, that kind of uh, arrogant... Elitist. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, elitist, uh, you know, facade of sophistication that now dominates our media. All right, take a break here with uh, Camille Paglia. We'll come back with her on the other side of uh, all of this. Her book, Free Women, Free Men, Sex, Gender, Feminism. Still not sick of winning. Making America great again. Sean Hannity's on the air right now. As we continue, Camille Paglia is with us. Her book, Free Women, Free Men, Sex, Gender, and Feminism here. So I went the 100-day mark of Donald Trump, and you're one of the few people on the left that I think really has a, a grasp and a handle and a, a fundamental understanding, as you were describing when we went to break, his son calls him a blue-collar billionaire, Don Jr. I think that it's, that's an accurate description. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, look, I mean, I keep telling people, my fellow liberals and so on, that an, an election occurred, okay? This is a democratic country, and now we are waiting to see, you know, whether this administration can govern and produce the results that have been promised. Okay, so I simply don't understand the the strategy of of my party, the Democratic Party, in um, in, in 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 not coming up with any solutions to the problems. Obstruction. Which That's it. The electorate voted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's not a good narrative, you know, and, and listen, I can criticize my party. The Republican Party has become a party that is afraid of their own shadow, no backbone. Uh, their, their knees 
wobble, and they seemed ill-prepared this 100 days for the governing opportunity they've been asking for for eight years. It's it's beyond frustrating. Trump's doing his job, fulfilling every promise he can. And then you got the Congress, and they seem incapable of building consensus around a bill that they promised for eight years, which is repealing and replacing Obamacare. Well, Republican politicians have for years seemed inept at being able to articulate any kind of foundational values. They've, they've kind of left that to talk radio. I think that's one of the reasons for the success of talk radio. It's kind of filled the gap. Right? Uh, whereas the Democrats, are, it's the party of Hollywood. You know, it's the party of the, of the TV networks and, and, you know, and glitz and glam. And so the, the Democrats have a great line. I mean, they're, they're able to you know, produce a very slick kind of propaganda. Right? But then they don't follow with results. Okay, so this is the problem, is, is we have this like gap between the two parties. One is, one is interested in actual practical reality, uh, the, you know, the GOP, but is, but is almost mute in, uh, in, in its inability you know, to present a program or, or to counter, in fact, the ridiculous um, democratic uh, tactics such as this you know, stupid idea about the war on women. Okay, any, any objection? Now, I'm a, I am absolutely down the line pro-choice. Okay, nevertheless, okay, to, to say that objections to abortion, to say that the pro-life stand is anti-woman or part of a war on women is absolute crap. Okay, that, that, you know, that uh, the Democratic women politicians have been, have been cranking out now you know, for years. Now, this is one of the pieces actually in my, in my current book where I, as a pro-choice advocate, I, you know, I, I, you know, I argue that, that the, the moral high ground is actually on the pro-life side and that feminism has failed thus far. Uh, in terms of providing a kind of ethical or philosophical uh, grounding for its own pro-choice position. You know, it's, you know for me, it's simple. It's, it's more, not the war on women as much as you have a lot of choices before you engage in sexual activity. A lot of choices. Usually there's a number of article of clothing, clothing that you pick, pull off before you get to that moment. <laughs> I do believe human beings do have control over their own behavior, as, as outdated as that idea is. And so there are a lot of choices leading up to it. I just happen to believe that life begins at conception. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I do make exceptions for people that don't have an opportunity for a choice. And I think that's fair minded, uh, although maybe not as pure a position as some people that says a life is a life is a life. But Right. Um, and, and another thing I'm, I'm saying is that it's up to w- women when they arrive at, on, at the college campus okay, to take full responsibility for themselves and their own sexual behavior, including signals and messaging they may be <clears throat> offering through the clothing choices and and their speech patterns, right? But you know, but today I, I'm in, you know, I'm in a, a minority. We got to pick this up another day. But I would love having you on the program. I'm just out of time, Camille Paglia. Come back often. Free women, free men, sex, gender, feminism on Hannity.com. Thank you so much. All right, eight hundred nine four one Sean. Toll free telephone number. We're going to stay with the phones for this final half hour this Friday. Oh, I couldn't believe. I nearly, I nearly got emotional. When I read on Twitter, and then I retweeted it, if you go to at Sean Hannity, you can see what my good friend Velma in Vegas wrote about me and my adopted nephews and our fun and our time together. You know, some people thought it was self-serving that I, I put that up on Twitter. Oh, you're, you're bragging. I'm like, no, I'm very proud of the fact that I have two beautiful nephews, and I'm proud of us being friends. And you wrote something very, very touching to me, and it meant a lot to me, and you know, after a tough week, I'm like, you know what? This really made me feel good. I can't believe how nice you were to me. I mean, were you sick yesterday or something? No, 
but you, how you doing, honey? <laughs> Velma, how hey, are you? Maybe I shouldn't say honey. How no, you no, doing, no. Sean? No, I want your husband to hear. You know, there is yeah, one part husband, of the story you know we didn't get Sean, into. My husband, I told my husband. He, he read it. He know all about it. And he was, he was, he was glad I did it. Wow. How come your husband never wants to meet me when I'm out in Vegas? My husband, Sean, if you ever meet this man, my husband is a wonderful, I'm not lying. He's the best person. I know. He is wonderful. Does he think like I have, does he think that I have like. I'm telling you, Sean, he just don't, he's just not a person that, he doesn't want to be on social media. He just, he's just a quiet man. I mean, he's not thinking that like I'm I'm, I'm going after his wife, right? He's not thinking anything untoward. But he's not thinking. He didn't even want me and the boys on social media. But you're not listening. So, but he doesn't think there's anything untoward between us, does he? That I'm... No. If he did, you think he would let me come to New York and come to see you? Yeah, that's you? true. I have to trust me because he knows I love him. And he knows I wouldn't do. And I'm t- on, t- on top of that shot, if, if you were a man like that, I wouldn't come around you anyway. A, a man if like what? Well, I'm not like you know, that. So. I, uh, you know, it just, you just, I, I, I felt so bad. I read something and I didn't like it and I was so disheartened. I was so hurt. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to be silent. I do not care what people think. I don't care how many people unfollow. I don't care what they say. I'm going to get out there and tell my truth about the man that I know. It really, and the really man touched that me. I know. It really touched you. You are a. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. I'm telling you, nobody but Jesus. It ain't just about oh, stop. the gifts and stuff. Listen, now it ain't I will. It's about the gifts. It's you. <laughs> the way you take up time with us. The way you take up time Velma, with you're my, my adopted family. I love my family. I take care of my family. That's what I you do know, in my you life. You take care of us too well. I just never seen anything. No, 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 no. In my no, lifetime, no. I never dreamed I would meet somebody like you and my children. They love you so much, and I do too. And you know what I tell you, and it's, it's so funny because I tell you I love you, and you says, "You know, you, you sent me a video you of." Me? You says, "I tell you, I'm in love with my husband." I know and I that. love Sean Hannity. But I want but, but I want to meet your husband now, Marcel and Anthony. You sent me a video of my nephews, and we sent them out the motorbikes. But I did send out a big disclaimer. I said, Velma. I said, you got to watch them. You got to make sure they get lessons. That you get. I don't want those kids getting hurt on those you stupid did. motorbikes. You did. And, and, and you they, know what? I tried to talk them out of it. And you, when this kid told you what he wanted, you just said, okay. Well, I assumed that he had asked his mother. <laughs> okay, Sean. It was on your phone. You know, good, you know good well this kid goes behind my back, texts you, everything yeah. else. You know that. By the way, come on, how cute is that, that your son takes your phone and he texts his Uncle Sean when you're not looking? I think that's the coolest thing ever. That is not cool. That That is so cool. No, you know, the better story, and I don't remember if it was Anthony or Marcel, the better story is, so your husband, you know, cuts the lawn, and they see his da- they see their dad, and he puts the gasoline in the engine, and he's, he's I, you know, he's firing up the, the lawnmower, and so he wants to help his dad, and he... He he didn't know the the difference between gasoline and water. I think he was like three years old at the time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So so he takes he takes water and puts puts it in the the uh, the uh, lawnmower, and you and you put him in prison. You put him in in his room. You wouldn't let him out of his room until I had to put up bail money and get him out. 
That's true. That's true. But don't you? But the but kid was trying to help his father. Why were you being mean to the kid? It's just like if the kid well, wants to text, if the kid the wants to text his uncle, he had to know. Marcel and Anthony are allowed to text me anytime they want. <laughs> See, Sean, that's why you're the uncle and I'm the mother. Yeah, that's right. Because that's I'm right and you're wrong. Why would uh, you forbid? Why would you forbid your sons from texting their uncle? That's not fair. That's mean. Sean, Sean. That's mean. Right, and uh, well, it's not like they're texting, you know, uh, girls. It's not like they're texting, you know, curse words. It's not like they're doing anything bad. They're just texting their uncle. They're saying hello. I try to tell these children, and see, you haven't helped in. I said, Uncle Sean is very busy. Uncle Sean, those Uncle kids, Sean is never that busy now, for his nephews. You tell them everything. They know you have money, and I told them, I said, you can't be taking advantage of him. They're not you taking can't. advantage of me. I, I don't. I, I, I only give say. things if I, I want to give them. I, I if I didn't want to give it to him, I wouldn't. We, we can't afford that. They will say, Uncle Sean can. That's right. You cater to that. You cater to them too much, and I've told you that. Well, uh, well, okay. So you don't think every kid deserves an Xbox? You don't think every yeah, kid? Yeah, they do. Bicycle. But you can't just sit up there. Everything you can't just cater to everything they they say. Okay, I, I don't give them every. I didn't give them a jet. I didn't give them a house. Yeah, I mean, they haven't asked for it. <laughs> no, but uh, you you better you better. You better right, listen, Mel, Mel, but you got to you got to uh, promise me. You got to promise me. We got to make a deal here, and then I got to hang up and move to other calls. You got to promise me. That whenever the boys want to text, that you'll let them have your phone to text me. There's, I don't care any time, day or night. If I'm up, I'll text back. Okay, then. All right, we have a deal, right? Uh, yeah, we do. All right, Velma, I love you. What you wrote about me touched me deeply. Thank you very much. I, I don't deserve uh, your friendship. Uh, you Thank know you. what? And I tell you what, what. And I always want to do something for you. And all you ever say was pray for me. And I do pray for you and your family. That's all I want. And I, I know you're going to have the desires of your heart because you are a giving, wonderful, caring, right. respectful. I can't even. Oh, God, you just you're awesome. All right. Well, listen, you're awesome, too. So are the boys. Say hi to Marcel and Anthony and your husband, everybody over there. And your, I, I met your sister, too. She's nice. And uh, and everybody else. All right. Thank you, Velma. We love you. Oh. So I love that woman. I don't know from the right, Linda, from the first time she called. Did you did you read that on Twitter? I did. It was beautiful. Oh. Are you in a bad mood today? I'm in a great mood. You don't sound like you don't sound up. You give me short answers, snappy answers. And that means, first of all, well, give me no, one. I'm just efficient. I'm efficient. Why are you being efficient today? Well, I was just I was just writing something down for the show, so I just was quickly answering. But let's have a conversation. Let's talk. How are you doing today? Hey, um, you doing all right? uh, well, I got through Fantastic the show, by the way. Here we are at the end already. It flies by. Forget about it. It's like I, I can't even handle it. <laughs> like butter. <laughs> like butter. You wanted me to be off the last two days. I tried very hard. Oh, you aggravated the daylights out of That's me. That's my job. No, it's no. That's not your well, job. Well, it's a two-way street. Me. You know, the more you give, the more I give. No, no, and... no. Your job is not to aggravate me. Of course it is. No, it's not. Do a much better show when I piss you off. So, you, you want me to stay to anger all day? I'll die young. Well, I mean, only the good die young, right? All right, I'm not. An, that's what our friend Billy Joel says. I'm not naturally an angry person. I'm pretty measured. You do live in New York. It's a, it's a permanent state. I am not in your state. You are. You no, we are go. all in the state of New York. No, but you. Can't, I am not in the state of mind. Remember you that you asked me to talk to you, and this is what happened. Listen, if somebody's texting in front of you and walking in the street, and they're not walking fast enough, you're ready to knock them over. I do knock them over. Exactly. I'm not like that. I'm sorry. All right, big time, AJ Houston, Texas. What's going on, baby? How are you? Big time. 
Sean Hannity. Hey, we love Emma. We love her to death. Oh, my gosh. Hey, she's so awesome. And, uh, Linda, I, 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 would love, I know we don't want to lose Linda, but I sure would love her to be Trump's press secretary. God almighty. That would be so awesome. You want Velma oh, to be Trump's be press so secretary? Awesome. Hey, and the, wait, the press will never get a word in edgewise. First of all, Hey, they shot oh, me to get a word. First of all, they uploaded that. Hey, Linda, I actually like, like that idea. Linda, <laughs> Linda, would you do that? Absolutely. By the way, they couldn't handle her a day. The media would, would oh, absolutely man. go insane. By the way, they oh, would man. probably hey, appreciate hey. me more. They would, uh, they would say, wow, Hannity really is a very patient fellow. <laughs> First hey, of all. Right quick. Real quick, Sean, where's all the protests when Obama did his speeches? Oh, nobody turned out. So we know what the rat's doing. And quickly, uh, everybody for tomorrow, Trump's one in a day, tweet out and tell how great that man is. And then with the Republicans, we better get some doggone B-A-L-Ls and get behind the man because we will right, remember big time. this when it's time. All right, Love big you, time, man. AJ. Have a great weekend, my friend. Love you. You're the best. Hey, Ted Koppel, the king of edited fake news, says Sean Hannity is bad for America. Sean Hannity. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I wanna confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.